What are some of the biggest weak spots when it comes to application security in healthcare environments? I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Chris Weisopel, CTO and CISO and co-founder of Vericode, a provider of application security solutions. Chris will be discussing some of the biggest difficulties that he sees in healthcare institutions securing patient information and other clinical data. So now, Chris, to start, I understand that the Healthcare Information and Management System Society and Vericode recently surveyed about 200 healthcare institutions about the state of web and mobile application security. What are some of the most surprising findings? So Vericode has a lot of healthcare customers that we test their software for, and, you know, we really wanted to get an understanding of what the healthcare industry's concerns were and how they're thinking about security broadly, especially application security. One of the interesting findings was that application security was the number one worry of healthcare providers. You know, we hear a lot about insider threat or spear phishing attacks where people are getting phishing emails. And, you know, obviously those are concerns, but we were really kind of surprised that application security rose to number one. We knew it was important. Um, And I think it just goes to show how much healthcare today relies on web applications and mobile applications and all kinds of software to run a hospital, a health insurance provider, a pharmacy, all these places that deal with healthcare information are really relying on software to run the operation. So now as we drill down in terms of some of the applications that healthcare organizations use, in conjunction to the High Tech Act's Meaningful Use Incentive Program for electronic health records, products need to be certified based on the security functionality that they offer the healthcare providers, such as the ability to encrypt data at rest, data in transmission. But what are some of the design and other issues that you see in EHR software products themselves in terms of putting patient data at potential risk for breaches. So you bring up encryption, which is vitally important security feature that needs to be used, electronic health records, both when they're in transmission and when they're stored in case a removable media gets misplaced or stolen um, or, you know, a whole computer could be stolen. So we have to worry about things at rest and when they're being transmitted with encryption. And what we've found is that uh, 80% of the encryption that we test at Vericode is what we call broken encryption. It's not working the way it's supposed to. So it's using an old, outdated algorithm, which is known to be weak, or the way that the people who built the software didn't do the proper checks and error checks to make sure that um, they're handling error conditions properly. And that allows attackers to manipulate the uh, encryption system and bypass it oftentimes. So um, I would say the number one thing is that these products have the encryption feature, you know, the features listed on the box, but it's not implemented correctly, and that's why it's really important to actually test the products and not just believe that because it's thing that it actually is working. So now what mistakes do you see healthcare organizations making when it comes to securing important enterprise applications like EHRs, claim processing, clinical trial management, and other important systems that they use? 
I think one of the mistakes is when you're uh, purchasing software, when you look at your supply chain, that you're not holding vendors accountable to a particular third-party audit or putting liability clauses into your software contracts. So if something is broken with the software and it causes a data breach, that the vendor is actually liable for being the, the root cause of the problem. So our survey showed that this is starting to change, um, that 56% of healthcare providers are inserting liability clauses into their contracts with commercial software vendors, but that does mean that 44% are, are not. And it's also a new thing, so it's software going forward. All those systems that have been purchased over the last five or 10 years probably don't have that um, in there. So that's one thing that we're seeing change, and it, it's a good thing. But the other thing we're seeing is we're seeing the use of uh, a lot of open source, both open source software and especially components of the software packages they're purchasing or the systems they're purchasing. And um, these open source components are just downloaded from the Internet and they're not held to any kind of security requirements. And we saw a big problem a couple years ago with the Heartbleed vulnerability, which was in an open source encryption component, and we saw that lots of systems were vulnerable to that, and actually a big healthcare provider, uh, Community Health, was breached through the Heartbleed vulnerability, so they were breached through an open source component that was in the systems that they purchased or built. So it's a, it's a big issue to make sure the usage of open source is, is also security tested and that it just isn't taken for granted that that stuff is secure. So now, from what you can tell, are the vendors of EHR software and other health IT products doing enough in terms of regularly testing their products for vulnerabilities? And how well are these vendors doing in terms of quickly addressing issues when they're discovered and then communicating that to healthcare providers? We're actually starting to see the use of automated application security testing. We're starting to see that pick up. So the survey showed that 67% were turning to automated code assessments to discover vulnerabilities. And we didn't ask the question to split that between applications that they might be building in-house versus ones that they're purchasing, but I would assume that that's happening in both scenarios. We do see that 80% don't have any policies regarding the use of uh, automated controls to govern the open source components used. So that's uh, a big gap. Um, We did see that uh, 69% were using a mobile device management solution, which can help manage all the different mobile apps that could be on both, you know, smartphones and tablets, which are also starting to be heavily used by healthcare professionals. So that's another, that's a good thing that 69% are starting to manage those applications. I'm not sure what the other 31% are thinking, but these are some of the things that really every healthcare provider has to do. What sorts of other mistakes do you see healthcare organizations making in terms of how they address security of mobile applications, and what else should they be doing to address those mistakes? Just having the mobile device management system, that's the starting point. And a lot of organizations have that, you know, in case a device is stolen, they can wipe the device, they can enforce a password on the device. You know, obviously if that has healthcare data on it, the device has to have a password. But the thing that we're not seeing as much, and we only saw 39% of healthcare providers using what we call application blacklisting or whitelisting for their mobile apps. 
And so that's taken the MDM to the next level and saying, now I'm going to actually control what applications are allowed on the devices. And we saw that almost two-thirds are not doing that. And that means that if a device has healthcare information, it's possible that an app is downloaded from the Internet that is malicious and has uh, what we call information leakage vulnerabilities, which will transmit the data that's on the device out to third parties. And so we find that unless you have that control, when you have so many healthcare workers with so many devices, you're going to end up with malware on those devices. And so you need, you need a control around that device. And that's, that's probably one of the bigger gaps that we saw in the survey, that that's just not being done in almost two-thirds of organizations. Now, what about medical device security? What mistakes do you see being made when it comes to the software that's used with these medical devices and equipment such as MRI scanners and fusion pumps and other such devices? What should organizations be doing to address these mistakes? So we're starting to see the FDA come out with some guidance here and to start to really regulate this space. You know, the FDA did basically force a recall of an infusion pump because of a security vulnerability. A lot of times what we see is the authentication um, for these devices is very weak or broken. And, you know, one of the benefits of these medical devices is that they can be operated remotely with a smartphone or a tablet, and that way something like an infusion pump doesn't have to have a complicated control unit or display on on the device itself. It can simply be done wirelessly. It's a huge advantage to making these devices less expensive and easier to use, but then it really requires that encryption is done correctly, authentication is done correctly, or other people can take over the device. And, you know, we're starting to see these devices all have, you know, Wi-Fi connectivity, and Wi-Fi networks are notoriously vulnerable to attackers getting onto the network. So that's one of the areas that we, we see the, the wireless connectivity and, and the uh, authentication and encryption needs to be tested to make sure it doesn't have vulnerability. So now what about security gaps and how medical devices transmit data to other systems or to share information with other systems, such as electronic patient records, what gaps aren't being addressed and how should they be approached? You're right that getting the information from the device, the MRI or some other testing equipment, into the patient's records is very important. So there's the transmission of that information needs to be done securely, so it can't be intercepted, it can't be tampered with. But then the other other big challenge, even if that's done, is once it's in the centralized record-keeping systems, a lot of these are, they're just web applications that people are used to going through a web browser and interacting with. And web applications are notorious for a whole set of common vulnerabilities. Um, Two of the bigger ones that we test for is SQL injection and cross-site scripting. These are very common vulnerabilities that hackers know how to exploit. And if the web application isn't built correctly, something like SQL injection allows an attacker to basically get at the raw data that's being stored in, a, in an SQL database, and that's very common uh, attack. We find that 20 to 30% of healthcare applications have this vulnerability. So that's a pretty pervasive problem. And finally, Chris, if there's one important lesson coming from the survey findings that you think healthcare providers need to learn and act upon right now, what would you say that is? 
It's really kind of a cultural change that's the most important thing. A lot of healthcare organizations have, have sort of a bottoms-up uh, approach to the organization where the individual doctors will have the power to select equipment, select systems, and there's no centralized authority that is overseeing a lot of those decisions. And so um, if, if an organization has a CISO, they're really fighting a lot of little individual decision-making processes. And so security really needs to have a centralized governance model. And that's, I think, the biggest change that these healthcare organizations have to do is these independent individual decision-makers have to realize that there has to be a central authority around security decisions. And that, that's probably the biggest change that can, that can help make a healthcare provider more secure. Thanks, Chris. I've been speaking to Chris Weisopel. I'm Marian Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.